Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. As a political junkie, I have found it very interesting who we have selected as our last two presidents in this country. And I'm not even talking about politics here. I'm talking about the men themselves. First off, Donald Trump was kind of an anomaly. I mean, Trump is not an ideologue at all. And and what I mean by that is that most politicians in this country anyway, are normally individuals with a certain worldview or ideology. They see things from a particular perspective, and that that leads them to certain type of things to advance and certain things to oppose when it comes to policies and things. And this is not the case with Donald J. Trump. He is what we call a populist. Now, the The dictionary definition of populist is this. It says, relating to or characteristic of a political approach that strives to appeal to ordinary people who feel that their concerns are disregarded by established elite groups. So in other words, it is someone who promotes things that are going to be the most popular and will garner the most support from others. This is this is not something that we have seen from our political leadership very much. And and they are usual usually liberal, conservative, or somewhere in the middle is usually what our, our politicians are. And and they govern govern from that point of view. Now Trump was favored by um, conservatives mostly because There are more conservatives in this country than there are liberals, and he appealed especially to them since they have not had a a true conservative win the presidency since Ronald Reagan, really. But what many conservatives don't understand is that Trump is not a conservative ideologue. He is a populist that says and does many conservative things because it is the most popular thing to do. Joe Biden, on the other hand, is somewhat the same. Uh, He is definitely more of an ideologue, but if you look at his political track record, he seems to always go with whatever the wind is blowing, right? I mean, now that he's getting older and, and he does not have all of his faculties, he is just really a mouthpiece for the liberals controlling the Democratic Party today. This has made him look very partisan and very much leftist. And Biden is also someone that also prides himself, really, in in not being visible. I mean, he doesn't speak to the American people, uh, and, and he prefers to hide rather than campa- campaign for office. Uh, all of this makes the, the last two selections as, as president very interesting from a, a, a political point of view. So today, let's let's take a quick look at how this next presidential election is beginning to take shape. And yes, yes, I know, it is still very early. But I think there are a few things that are happening that we should definitely keep our eye on. 
And in a series of articles from the Daily Wire comes this article about what Biden has decided to do about a re-election bid. President Joe Biden on Tuesday announced his intention to run for re-election in 2024. Yes, the 80-year-old who would be 86 at the end of of his uh, second term, if he wins, uh, featured this pivotal line. It says, he said, quote, every generation has a moment where they have had to stand up for democracy, to stand up for their fundamental freedoms. I believe this is ours, unquote. Well, ours? Ours? I mean, Mr. President, you were born in 1942, which makes you part of the silent generation. Next came the baby boomer generation, and then the Generation X, and then Millennials, and then Generation Z, and and finally Gen Alpha. So your generation, Mr. President, was like five generations ago. (laughs) So later in in the ad, Biden says, uh, this is our moment. Exactly whose moment would that be? (laughs) The average American is 38 and a half years old. That's less than half of Biden's age. And 83 and, and well, actually over 83% of Americans are 64 years old or, or younger. Just 16.7% of Americans are 65 or over. And a minuscule 2.43% are 80 years plus. So what generation is ours? Biden's generation makes up just 2.43% of America. The decisions Biden is making now and, and could continue to make until 2029, he most likely won't live long enough to even feel their effects. And and what does Joe Biden, a, a multimillionaire with multiple mansions who has nursed off of the government's teat since 1974, when he first started getting paid by you, the taxpayers, what does he know about our generation? Uh, Biden is more out of touch than anyone could have imagined and, and grows more distant every day. The, the three-minute campaign ad is laughable, not, not only for its bald-faced lies, but for its phony folkiness in which Biden calls on our better selves to unite followed by vicious attacks on the 74 million people who didn't vote for him in the first place. Quote, I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. Biden said this before he he launched into a tirade in which he treated half of America with little dignity. Quote, there's nothing more important, nothing more sacred, Biden said. It shouldn't be a revolution, but you know, around the country, MAGA extremists are lining up to take on those bedrock freedoms, cutting Social Security that you paid for your entire life while cutting taxes from every wealthy, dictating what health care decisions women can make banning books and telling people who they can love, all while making it difficult for you to be able to vote. Well, 
where to begin with that mess, right? I mean, just lies, lies, and more lies. I mean, the president on on half the people goes on to, to malign more Americans. Quote, when I ran for president four years ago, I said we're going to battle for the souls of America, and we still are. The question we're facing is whether in the years ahead we have more freedom or less freedom, more rights or fewer, he said. Wow. Biden's presidency has been a joke from the beginning. And you don't need to to wait two more years to ask yourself the question that Ronald Reagan posed when he ran for office in 1980. Are you better off today than you were four years ago? And the other question you should ask yourself is, when Joe Biden says, our generation, just what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> and and one of the things that has characterized Biden's first term is his gravitation toward those that are not informed. Let's just put it that way. President Joe Biden is running for re-election, and right off the bat, his 2024 campaign strategy is evident. Uh, lie about everything. <laughs> of course, critics would say that that has been Biden's entire playbook for the past 50 years. But his campaign announcement video highlighted just how much of a fabulist that Biden really is. And the, the main message of Biden's video was freedom. Personal freedom is fundamental to who we are as Americans, he said. There's nothing more important, nothing more sacred. That's been the work of my first term to fight for our democracy. And, and Biden is correct. Freedom is important. But his first term has been riddled with attempts to dwindle away freedom while empowering big government and big business. The White House has coordinated with big tech companies to silence and censor free speech. His Department of Justice has been effectively weaponized against those who disagree with him, including pro-life fathers and parents concerned about their kids and, and their education. He, he, he attempted and failed to essentially mandate COVID jabs for every American worker. Meanwhile, he justifies, including in his 2024 election video, anybody who differs from his agenda as mega extremists who threatens democracy. The president also said in his video that he is running, quote, to make sure that everyone in this country is treated equally and that everyone is given a fair shot at making it, unquote. Yet, his efforts to turn the federal government into a vehicle for diversity, equity, and inclusion rest on the premise that Americans should be judged based on the color of their skin and other immutable characteristics. And it's been a fundamentally anti-American presidency. Plus, now, starting May 1st, home buyers who have worked hard to earn a good credit score will be punished with higher monthly fees and mortgage rates, while those with a poor credit score will be rewarded with lower rates. It's entirely backwards and stands in stark contrast to the message in Biden's video. And, and when has the president ever stood up for Americans' democracy? He's, he's devaluing what it means to be 
an American citizen, whether through birth or uh, naturalization and, and the responsibility it carries by following millions of illegal aliens to flood the border. As that's occurring, he's virtually flipping the bird to Americans like those in East Palestine, while he spares no expense to ensure Ukraine's future. As Grant uh, Stitchfield put it, he said, quote, first, first guy to announce that he was running for president by using blatant lies, pushing division and calling half the country extreme. Uh, that's Joe Biden. <laughs> the scariest thing of all is that Biden's vision, while built on a foundation of falsehoods, just might work to win re-election as as we learned in 2022, running solely on Biden's ineptitude, failure, and otherwise destructive policies will not get Republicans elected. The GOP must explain what a Republican-led future looks like. What is the party's vision for the country? That needs to be spelled out. Americans need to have an alternative choice that they can visualize to, to compete with Biden's fantasies. They need to have strong candidates. And, and one of the more interesting things about yesterday's announcement, at least for me anyway, was that he is truly sticking with Kamala Harris as his VP. That I thought might change, but it's not. And in the Republican Party, things are just heating up there too. Former President Donald Trump faced backlash from conservatives last week after using a far left organ uh, after using far left organizations and media to attack Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the state of Florida. Trump used data from the National Low Income Housing Coalition, the NLIHC, and the Florida Policy Institute to attack DeSantis for allegedly leading the state's quote to tumble into complete and total de uh, delinquency and destruction, unquote. The real DeSantis record is one of misery and despair, the Trump campaign claimed. He has left a, week of uh, a wake of destruction all across Florida, and people are hurting because he has spent more time playing public relation games instead of actually doing the hard work needed to improve the lives of the people he represents. Trump's remarks come as more Americans actually have moved to Florida over the last few years, including Trump himself, than any other state in the country, in large part due to the freedoms that were pro uh, protected in, in the state during the pandemic. I mean, Fox News reported that the NLIHC is an organization dedicated to achieving racially and socially equitable public policy while the Florida Policy Institute is a left-leaning organization that claims to be nonpartisan. And another report said that the NLIHC was a pro-transgender nonprofit that's part of a coalition of progressive organizations called the Alliance for Justice, or AGF, AJF, um, who's backed by Soros, believe it or not. Trump also posted an article on social media from far-left MSNBC host Joy Reid that attacked DeSantis. Trump faced intense backlash online over the, the statement and, and posts re, re, uh, promoting the far-left's attack on 
on DeSantis. And, and radio host Buck Sexton tweeted this. He said, DeSantis flipped Florida in one term from purple to solid red. The best governor during COVID has has attracted almost 1 million people to move to Florida in his first term, including me, he says. Trump, Florida sucks. It's awful. Don't know anyone, uh, don't know why anyone would want to live there. <laughs> Former Trump campaign rapid response director Matt Walking, uh, who ha- has actually flipped to help DeSantis, tweeted this. He says, uh, Trump just cited the pro-BLM Zuckerberg-funded National Low-Income Housing Coalition, a member of the George Soros-funded Alliance for Justice, in order to attack Governor DeSantis and trash the state of Florida. What happened to Donald Trump? The Daily Wire uh, editor Emeritus uh, Ben Shapiro tweeted this. He says, this is total crap, blind by the hundreds of thousands of people becoming Floridians since 2020, including my family, my parents, my in-laws, and two of my sister's families. This dog won't hunt. This is just stupid. Fox News contributor Guy Benton tweeted, just thinking about how Florida resident Donald Trump lost his home uh, county, Palm Beach, to Hillary and Biden by double digits. And then Ron DeSantis went out and straight up won it last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, Matt Walsh says this is just not even slightly true. Quote, no one believes this. Trump is having uh, desperation delirium, said a conservative attorney, uh, Marina uh, Medvin. She also went on to say, but ask yourself why. I haven't seen any polls showing DeSantis taking Trump in the primary. So why exert such energy on on beating a guy who, per your own data, isn't a serious contender? Unless, of course, Trump knows something he hasn't told us. The only reason I think DeSantis definitely takes the primary, despite all the polls, is because I see things like this from Trump. Media strategist Noah Pollack uh, tweeted, Trump, uh, Trump went on, uh, went from Florida is great, but DeSantis is nothing to do, uh, has nothing to do with it. It's because of sunshine and beaches to Florida is a poop hole and it's all DeSantis fault in like two weeks. Amazing. <laughs> Attorney uh, Will Chamberlain added, the entire Trump 2024 campaign is an insult to every conservative intelligence. Ron DeSantis did a terrible job on COVID, which is why I moved to Florida. The 2020 election was stolen, but we're totally going to get the votes in 2024, et cetera, et cetera. So how did DeSantis respond to this? Well, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis took perhaps his first shot at former President Donald Trump over the weekend for effectively making unelected health bureaucrat Dr. Anthony Fauci, the then director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, the most powerful person in the U.S. government. A quote, a leader must have the confidence to stand all alone if need be. DeSantis said uh, this at the, the Utah GOP convention on Saturday. He said, and so for us, as I got into office, COVID presented the situation for us because we were in a situation. 
the third largest state in the country, one of the highest percentage of elderly, economy based on tourism, which we need needed to travel to continue. Quote, so this is... So this situation was an external threat to our state, but I made the judgment, DeSantis continued, saying leaders take the bull by the horns and make the decisions for themselves. They don't subcontract out their leadership to health bureaucrats like Dr. Fauci. The former president 2020 uh, Twitter campaign account repeatedly promoted how much the former president listened to Fauci and never pushed back against anything Fauci suggested. And unlike Biden and Trump, DeSantis uh, has has not officially thrown his hat into the ring for president yet, but but he is certainly acting like he's going to do so. And as as Florida uh, Governor Ron DeSantis made his his first trip overseas since 2019, just this last week, meeting with Japanese Prime Minister uh, Fumo uh, uh, Kishada. Uh, I think is how you pronounce that in Tokyo. Uh, and uh, last Monday, uh, on uh, he he went there to discuss economic matters as the 44-year-old gears up for his likely presidential campaign. The Washington Post reported that the trip was officially part of an international trade mission with the Enterprise Florida, which is an economic development organization in in Florida that aims to build economic ties between the state. And and uh, Japan, it also um, tries to to uh, to make ties between South Korea, uh, Israel, and the United Kingdom as well. Um, so, saying this trade mission will give us the opportunity to strengthen economic relationships and continue to demonize uh, demonstrate uh, Florida's position as an economic leader. This is what DeSantis said in, in his press release. Um, he, he also plans on visiting the, uh, the other nations during the trip as well. And during the meeting, uh, he, he praised, J- uh, Japan's efforts to bolster his military, uh, admit, uh, its military admit, uh, increasing threats from communist China. Uh, DeSantis also said that the U S needs to invest more in its military to keep up with emerging threats. If, if you look at our stockpiles and some of the things that have happened over the last few years, there's a lot of room for improvement on our end as well, he said. So it really looks like DeSantis is going to run against Trump for the GOP nomination. But we may not, uh, you know, we we may not see the two of them spar off, basically, in, in the primaries. Because former President Trump threatened Tuesday to skip the Republican uh, primary debates, complaining on his social media platform that he has not been consulted about them and predicting that moderators would be hostile to him. The Republican National Committee announced on uh, in February that the o- opening debate for the Republican presidential candidates would be held in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in August of this year, and that the RNC was considering 10 to 12 debates between August and the Republican National Convention in the summer of 2024. That would be really interesting, don't you think? Well, last week, the RNC announced the second debate would be held at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley near Los Angeles, California. Quote, at this time, no other debates have been sanctioned, nor has the final criteria for the first debate been decided. This is uh, coming from the RNC chairman, Ronald McDowell, Daniel. 
uh, who has champion. He, she actually was championed by Trump in in her own reelection battle against uh, Harmeet Dillon, uh, who stated the uh, RNC members. Um, uh, who, who they they were they were seated uh, in back in February, um, and said we have a long way to go, but I am confident that we will be able to showcase our eventual nominee in a world class fashion. Um, yeah, but if Trump is not going to take part in it, how are you going to do that? Quote, I see that everybody is talking about Republican debates, but nobody got my approval or the approval of the Trump campaign before announcing them. This is what Trump posted on Tuesday. When you are leading a seemingly insurmountable numbers and you have hostile networks with angry Trump and mega hating, hating anchors asking the questions, why subject yourself to being uh, liabled and, and, and abused? This is what, this is what uh, Trump tweeted out. Trump attacked the location uh, for the second debate, um, saying that the guy who runs the Reagan Library is a publisher at the Washington Post. Uh, Trump uh, was skipped, um, has skipped debates before. If you remember right, in January of 2016, he refused to participate in a Fox News um, debate. And I will say, not having debates is not a good thing for voters as they try to make their decisions on who should be the nominee. But Trump and the scientists are not the only two Republicans that are thinking of the presidency. Former Vice President Mike Pence said during an interview over the weekend that if he decides to run for for president, he will make the announcement soon. Pence made the uh, remarks while speaking to Roberta Costa on uh, CBS News, Face the Nation on Sunday, saying his decision will be made by June. He said, quote, anyone that could be serious about seeking the Republican nomination would need to be in the contest by June. And I think if we have an announcement to make make it, we will uh, uh, it will be well before late June, he said. And as we've already talked about right here on this very podcast, Nikki Haley, a former ambassador to the United Nations, uh, jumped into the 2024 presidential race, becoming the first Republican to officially challenge former President Donald Trump for the GOP nomination. Uh, Haley, 51, has been out of public office and really, for the most part, out of public eye for several years. Uh, she uh, last served in the um, in, in the office as Trump's ambassador to the United Nations before leaving the administration at the end of 2018, if you'll remember right. Uh, she stated a need for a new generation of leadership, a possible swipe at at two of the leading contenders for for president in 2024, Trump, of course, who is 76, and President Joe Biden, who is 80, and, and if and if you don't like any of of those candidates, there is one more person that has said that he's running for president. Tiger King star Joe Exotic might be serving time in in federal prison. But that is not stopping him from exploring his political ambitions. He announced that he's running for president in 2024. Uh, Joseph Maldonado Passage uh, is currently incarcerated, serving a 21-year sentence for murder for hire. Uh, and it's it was a plot targeting the big cat activist Carolyn Baskin. And a sentence that has been reduced by one year 
since Maldonado Passage began treatment for cancer. Uh, he released a statement via his own website announcing his presidential campaign, but did not specify if he if he's affiliated with a political party. Um, he says, thank you for your interest in my campaign. Yes, I know I am in federal prison and you might think that this is a joke, but it's not. It is my constitutional right to do this. Even from here, the statement began. The former zookeeper went on to say that he felt equipped to represent Americans because he understood what it felt like to be lied to by politicians and he was ready to demand answers. So, so there you have it. it. This, this was the way too early analysis of the presidential election coming up next year. And, and I think really it's going to be interesting to watch and see how everything just shakes out. I would love to have a discussion with you on what's, uh, what's happening and, and, and how things are, are just kind of falling into place here. And you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.